This episode of the Austin Spotlight is an interview I did with Jasmine Ju, the director of the Austin School of Music. Jasmine guides the school's mission to encourage and promote the Austin music community and provide programs to develop its young musicians. On top of that, she is also the bassist and artist for her own band, Tranch the Mountain. I hope you enjoyed the interview and would love it if you'd subscribe to the podcast. I am joined today by Jasmine Ju, the Director of Operations at the Austin School of Music, amongst other things. Uh, how's it going today, Jasmine? Going really well. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, so uh, generally kind of like to start off the interviews with getting kind of an origin story for whomever I'm talking to, to learn a little bit kind of about them. I, th- I feel like especially here in Austin, a lot of people have interesting origin stories because a lot of people aren't originally from Austin. Actually, sometimes it's even more interesting when you talk to someone who has been here their entire life because that, that there aren't as so, so many people have relocated <laughs> and stuff. So what's kind of a little bit about your background? Like uh, are you are again originally from and uh, what brought you to Austin? So I am from Brownsville, Texas. Um, it's a border town. And uh, I moved here in 2007. And I, uh, I moved to Austin because of the live music. I moved here to make art. Um, I'm a musician and a painter. And uh, this just seemed like a really good city to land in. And I love it. I, I love being here. Nice. Um, and that, I mean, not that Brownsville is close, but as far as like, places that you could have gone to try to pursue that Austin, I'm sure was probably one of the closer cities versus going all the way out to LA or (laughs) uh, a lot of other places. Yeah, it was a, you know, six hour drive home if I needed to go back and like visit with family. Um, I do have some family in Austin. My, my older brother lives here. I've got uncles and cousins. And um, so it, it was nice to like land here and have, kind of a little base already have, in place. Have some, pe- have some people to fall. Yeah. Fall <laughs> no, for sure. That, that's actually when I first moved down here um, around the same time. Uh, at, at the time, I had an aunt and uncle and some cousins that lived here. They've since moved away. But uh, it was nice to be like, oh, if I want to, I can go have a home-cooked meal or uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> somebody in a, in a completely strange city. So I can completely understand, uh, stand, understand that. Uh, obviously, um, you work at the Austin School of Music. You are a musician yourself. You are an artist. As, was that something that well, you always had those tendencies and were always kind of involved in those things from a young age? So I, uh, I've i been drawing and making art as long as I can remember. Uh, my mom actually just sent me a picture of Roger Rabbit that I drew in 1989. It was terrible, um, but I was I was little. So, um, you know, that was kind of where I got started. I drew a, little, a lot of like cartoons and stuff, um, played in the school band, always had aspirations to join a band and uh, play bass on stage. Uh, my favorite band growing up was No Doubt, and you know he's really sick bassist. So I wanted to try to pick that up. I never thought in a million years that I'd be making art and playing in a band in Austin on stage. You know, so um, it was kind of a. I'm kind of living a dream that I didn't think I'd ever you know get to experience when I was young. That's so cool. What <laughs> 
like what so obviously most bands in high school or you know don't necessarily aren't don't have a lot of basis in those when when did you kind of pick up that um that that instrument and, and wanting to do that was that also kind of in middle school high school or was that after oh, <laughs> i wish um around my 30th birthday i was gifted a bass um okay. for my friend ricky and he's like hey i'm i'm getting a more professional instrument do you want to hang on to this and maybe you know make a little noise and i was like yeah you know i i didn't really play anything then i was just kind of working full time and um, i didn't really make a lot of art at the time either i was really focused on just like getting to know people in town and um so i I picked up the bass a little bit. My husband is a, a guitar instructor, so he and he's also a very proficient bassist. So he gave me a little bit of instruction, and um, it was an opportunity to audition for one of his bands. One of his bassists was was moving out out of that project, and they needed somebody, and they needed somebody fast. And I was like, how hard could it be? So I had a six week deadline to learn the instrument, learn six songs. and that um it went it turned out pretty well so Very you know, cool. they kept me <laughs> yeah that's awesome uh again interesting to have picked like obviously not that you weren't in music at a younger age but to like again there's not a lot of people i don't think that are picking up um new musical instruments and stuff at that at that age so that's really awesome that that you uh uh got involved that way with it um what what was it like so then had, previous to joining that group were you ever doing stuff on, again on stage other than again high school band stuff had you been a part of other groups in any way whatsoever um not at all i'm very shy and uh pretty reserved so i I avoided microphones. I avoided stages. Um, I loved going to support bands. So I did a lot of like booking and uh, promo for bands. I did like street team kind of stuff when I was young. And, um, you know, I just loved like shelling out the merch and uh, designing merch. I was picked to do album art and contribute to artwork for bands um, in the time I've been in Austin. So that's, I kind of had a, a good a good support system music wise. So I knew quite a few musicians and, you know, was able to pick their brains. And this was all before I got involved with the Austin School of Music as well. So kind of interesting how I, you know, that this is my job now. <laughs> so pre previous to, again, getting into, you know, being, being, doing the art stuff, doing the band stuff and having a job that revolved around music, what were you doing work-wise? Like what, I uh, I worked at Alamo Draft House, and um, when I first moved up to Austin, I had no idea what I was going to do. I'd come from a, a very corporate job, and I didn't want anything to do with uh, with that. So I, I picked up waiting tables for a little while, and that gives you a lot of financial freedom to like bounce around to different jobs, and um, it's such a good way to get to know people. So I, I picked up a gig at Kirby Lane, working third shift. I've got a lot of crazy stories from that. Um, and that led me to working at Alamo Draft House, where I, I worked for almost 10 years. And um, 
it was just so fun to work around movies. Um, I love food. I love movies. I love special events. That job brought all of that together. Uh, but when the opportunity presented itself to work at a, in a more you know relaxed job setting, I, I jumped at that. So I, I worked at Straight Music for a long time. Mm -hmm. and got to be more familiar with musical instruments and uh, more musicians in the area. And my life just kept funneling me towards towards music. Every, every day just brought more of the music world into my life personally. So um, that kind of fed me into the Austin School of Music. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not surprising because there's so many examples of it but like right like the the more you surround yourself with whether it's the type of people or the types of activities just the more opportunities come your way in those kind of things because you're just involved in it so much more and so it's it's awesome when what you get to be involved in is something that you enjoy so much because then again then those opportunities are extra cool because it's again like you say able to live a dream uh, have a, have a dream job, live a dream life, uh, versus just having a job. Very much so. Um, I found myself, uh, gravitating towards more of the artists that worked in, um, that worked with Alamo Draft House. You know, uh, we would have all these conversations in between like shoveling fries and like picking up plates, uh, you know, like what music are you into? What do you do? And, um, you know, it was fun to like get to really know people that way. Um, just like our creative talents, how we would make the regular day job uh, work, you know? Um, and then just slowly surrounding myself with more musicians pushed me in this direction and I, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. No, like I say it's, uh, it's really, it, the Austin music scene is obviously super interesting and cool and there's so many different ways to experience it um i do like the only the, to me the only downside of it is it seems like there's live music almost everywhere and every once in a while you're kind of like i just want to go hang out with people and not have to shout or 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 uh talk really loud <laughs> over a band so like every, every once in a while you're like i just want to have a quiet brunch uh type of thing but for most most of the time <laughs> it's really cool to have that um kind of environment and ambiance and just, and the ability to go see uh, so many different locals who are chasing a passion, a career uh, and have those opportunities because again, in a lot of, I mean, it's, well, I think it's become more common even in a lot of larger cities to have some kind of scene, but to be able to go and experience um, just all different kinds of, of music and all different kinds of uh, events that way is something that's uh, very cool for Austin. Yeah, um, you know, I just appreciate so much uh, getting to interact with so many musicians. And um, even when I can't attend a show in person, uh, I appreciate the live streams. Kick Butt Coffee has a slew of awesome bands and um, all, uh, almost all of their shows are live streamed. So if I'm you know, at work, or I am just unable to make it to a show in person, I can support online and um, experience the music that way. Yeah. So that's been a lot of I mean, fun. So obviously, and on kind of that front, I mean, a lot of bands, um, like a lot of life uh, and companies and everything gravitated towards 
virtual live streams, those kind of things when the pandemic hit. Um, how how did that affect you, your band, your um, you as an artist and the Austin Music um, School? School of Music. So um, right at that time, my band was trying to figure out what we were, what direction we were going to go in. And it was a good, um, March of 2020 was a good time to reform the direction of the project. And uh, that's when I took over vocal duties. And like I said, I'm a very shy person. So to take over singing and like fronting a band, um, dream come true, nightmare come true, you know, um, but I, it gave that break from live performance gave me an opportunity to really get my, get my grounding um, performing. And uh, we were able to do a few live streams to just kind of get used to the project as it was now as a three piece. And um, it, I, I really liked that, that initial few months of uh, live streaming and just, you know, having a little more time to focus on, mm-hmm. on your path. And uh, with the Austin School of Music, because we were 100% in-person lessons, um, that was a really big transition. And um, it was kind of scary to undertake because I was brand new to the position of director of operations with the school. And I felt like it was my job to help keep this, keep the school afloat. And, uh, you know, come on guys, we can do this. We can all get like joined together. We'll figure out Zoom together. We'll figure out navigating online lessons. You can't do, you know, we did everything tuba online vocal lessons online uh, drums online piano was a little easier but uh you know our brass instruments stuff like that was a a little bit more challenging um unfortunately that uh live streaming and zoom um lessons gave it 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 opened up our market because we're able to offer the austin music experience um to anywhere in the world students all over the world um, so it's, it's also nice to have as a backup, you know, can't make it into lessons, hop on your computer. Let's do that piano class. Yep. No, but yeah, it, 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 it was an opportunity in disguise. Like I say, when it, when it first happened, it was, it felt, um, like it, how, how, how are you going to adapt? And then most <laughs> businesses, most, a lot of, a lot of businesses, I shouldn't even say most, but a lot of businesses found a way and now, and found opportunities that they wouldn't have found or gotten into if they hadn't, uh, if they hadn't been forced to. Yeah. What, so talk to me a little bit, maybe a, a little bit of the origin story of the Austin School of Music. So not necessarily you just starting there, but kind of just the his, a little bit of the history and background of, of it in overall. So um, the school was created by Dave Seabree, who is a, uh, a well-known guitarist in Austin. He's a, a fabulous musician, um, a very creative soul. And uh, he moved to Austin, Texas in, I think, 1981. Um, his whole mission in life was happy. And um, in doing that, you know, he was trying to find a career path that I think, as a creative person, it's hard to just fit into into any old job, you know, you want to kind of carve your own path. So um, his goal was to have an opportunity to work with musicians and really share with the community the gift of music. So uh, he, he rallied up some friends that were really awesome musicians in town and uh, decided to open a school. 
Um, our school is comprised of all, all of our teachers. One of the main requirements is that you have to be a performing musician. Um, so you have to know what you're doing out uh, when you're when you're when you're performing. We want to have like professionals um, come in and show our students, you know, we're regular people, you can, uh, we want to encourage you to pick up an instrument and, um, you know, take your passion wherever you want. If you want to take it to the stage, you want to record, you want to write, um, you want to just play piano at home, super chill, whatever you want to learn. He wanted to create an opportunity for that to happen. Um, so it wasn't a, a super strict like piano class or anything, you know, run your scales. Um, it was more of a, okay, let's, let's do the scale. Let's build upon that. And like, let's get you in the pointed in the direction musically that you want to want to take to. Nice. Um, so does that lead to potentially more, um, I don't want to say more, more customized lessons than you might get uh, somewhere else like again because you know if someone's picking up i mean obviously if you don't have basics down in any instrument it's going to be hard to expound upon that but uh but assuming you kind of have some basics down then the lessons can be more uh focused on the path that the artist or the you know, student wants to kind of go into 100%. Um, all of our lessons, uh, we, we have kind of a loose curriculum that we will, we will try to apply to each student, but the lessons are really curated around what you want to learn, what your area of focus is, and how you learn. Um, we don't, we're very careful in like how we assign teachers and students because we want to make sure it's a good personality fit. In addition to like, you're getting the, the study of genre that you want. Um, we've, We've got several guitar teachers, and each of them offers a very niche sort of experience. So uh, you, we've got like the metal guys, we've got the classical guys, we've got um, you know people that are doing punk rock. Uh, teachers that focus solely on writing. So if you if you're just here to to jam and you want to learn how to be you know a great guitarist, we have that. If you want to really delve deep into music theory, we offer that as well. So and we want to just make sure we pair people up properly and so that they're having a good time and they're excited to return to lessons. Yes, no, that's uh, an important thing regardless of what you're trying to do in life is if you <laughs> if you enjoy the experience, even though it's a learning experience and there's gonna be some stumbling blocks along the way, you're much more likely to kind of stick with it and uh, continue progressing. Yeah. Very nice. So uh, how long have you been then with the Austin School of Business or Austin um, school of music. I uh, I joined up in 2018. Um, at the time, I was working at Straight Music, uh, part time, and at Alamo Draft House. And um, they were in need of a receptionist at Austin School of Music. I lived very close by, so I was like, okay, you know, it'll be a fun little side gig. And uh, as soon as I took the job, I was in love with. I was in love with it. Um, I feel personally like I was able to kind of cultivate a little community uh, at our north location. We've got two spots. We've got one super far north. We've got one uh, down south on Ben White and Lamar. And um, our north location uh, has like a very open lobby. So I was able to get people talking and, you know, asking about the kids and asking about your lessons. How are, how are you progressing? Um, one of our main features of the school is our rock camp, which is the longest running music camp in Austin. 
and um, I loved just like, hey, you're like eight years old. How uh, how long have you been playing guitar? Great, let's throw you on stage. And, uh, you know, just getting people pumped up about performing. And um, that was that was just so fun. So, you know, in 2019, the opportunity for director of operations opened up and I snagged it. How, how challenging is it for students to go from the lesson to performing thing, right? Because like, right, so public speaking and a lot of different um, public performing-ish kind of things are sometimes terrifying to, to a lot of people. And so obviously <laughs> someone wants, if someone's goal is to, you know, be a, be a you know, earn a living from being a, an artist uh, or a musician, they're probably, they're probably going to have to, they're, they're, even if they're somewhat scared of it, like, you know, they're going to be able to overcome that fear in most cases. Cause you know, it's a dream and a goal that they want. Um, but like how, like, how do you guys handle that dynamic? Cause I would imagine that it's a pretty big one for a lot of musicians. So not all of our students are interested in performing. If they're not into it, we're not going to make anybody do it. But uh, the ones that have that have that drive to to be on stage. Um, I consider myself like the biggest cheerleader of the school. I will cheer you on. I will give you whatever kind of support you need. Um, I'm really good with pep talks. So uh, with all, all of our students, you know, it's everybody's going to have different goals and um, we'll just try our best to to help them reach whatever goals it is that they want. Uh, we do have a lot, many of our students are current performers and they're just here to get even better, um, get even better at writing, get even better with stage performance. Um, we have classes in stage performance. Um, as many of our teachers are touring musicians, you know, when they're in town, they'll offer workshops on, you know, this is how you're on the mic and here's like how you walk on the stage and, um, you know, even just like the regular pep talk, so. How to, yeah, how to mentally get in the right space prior to performing. Yeah, definitely. Well, you mentioned the um, the longest running music camp. Can you just tell us a little bit more about uh, about that? Yes. Um, so rock camp is our big summer program. Um, we our first rock camp was in 1995, and um, it's a two week day camp. So kids will come in we pair them up based on their age group um, and as well as like their genre, their preferred genre. Um, and then we have two weeks to form a band. So they've got to form a band, learn between two and four songs, hit the recording studio to record two of the tracks, and then they go on stage to perform at Antone's. Uh, so they get a full crash course in being in a band. You know, some, some of these kids have never met each other um, some will never see each other again. You know, we've had uh, people come from Paris to, they're, they're just vacationing in Austin and they're like, oh, this looks like a fun way to spend a couple weeks. And so we've had students from all over the world come through to participate in the camp. And, um, you know, it's always a really good time. Uh, we've, we've never missed a year. Some years have been smaller than others. Um, this year, I think is our first year full force, um, you know, over the past couple of years, we're, we're hitting it hard and uh, we're hoping to have about 10 bands to hit the stage on Antone, at Antone's um, in the middle of summer. So that'll be really excited cool. about yeah, that. It's, yeah. that's it. I'm sure it's exciting for all musicians as we've been getting back to more uh, norm, normal schedules and 
floor venues and all those kind of things because if you enjoy doing the live performances like there's definitely a lot of energy and juice to be gotten from the audience as well oh yeah you know you have uh we packed up one-to-one last year uh we packed up antones last year um you've got you know 20 to 30 kids uh really jazzed up about performing in front of a large crowd um everything is like professionally recorded so we've got records of all their all their performances and uh you know, they get to show off for their friends and family. And it's it's so inspiring because in a lot of cases, it, these kids have never been on stage before. They uh, they just have this drive, they have this fire to, to be up there and perform. And, um, you know, in some cases, uh, your bass is a little harder to fill. You know, everyone wants to be the lead guitarist or the drummer. Sure. And uh, so I got to pump up the bassist and get them up on stage and, um, we, uh, I, oh, I wanted to mention, so um, some of the kids that have participated in rock camp, you know, they're adults now, and um, they're actually teachers at our school now, and they're actually teaching rock camp, which is kind of full circle for them. Um, I'm in one of the teacher's rooms right now. He, uh, Dave Norris, um, did the camp several years ago, and now he's a full-on teacher and performer and yeah that's so cool um kind of one of the things you talked about that seemed interesting or as i was talking about the going to lot the live music back more with bigger crowds and how the energy and stuff you get as a someone who was doing live music prior and then had the shutdown like how challenging was it to perform live by streaming, like, I guess, did it feel like just maybe being in the studio recording an album where obviously you don't usually have a big crowd for that? Or was it super challenging because, you know, you're not, you don't get the feedback and that energy that you would from, from a live crowd. So how, what was that kind of like trying to do live stream your performance when before you would do it in front of a loud a crowd that would also have a lot of energy as well? Oh, I was so personally, I was so thankful for that opportunity because it uh, it allowed me to like, okay, mentally prepare for when there are people in front um, because we did maybe my band did four, four or five live streams where there was one person manning the camera and the band mm -hmm. and maybe like two friends that felt brave enough to, you know, come out and, and experience it with us. Um, so you get like a thumbs up, you know, a quiet like clap you know like okay good we're, we're we're doing all right um and then going into like regular performances where it's a full a full house uh that transition was it, it was very welcomed um yeah. the live stream wasn't as challenging as i thought it would be um you'd think it would be a little more nerve-wracking i guess because you have no no physical feedback until like yeah. afterwards you can read comments and stuff um so I guess it was a little bit like being in the studio because in the studio or even in our rehearsals, you're you're kind of just vibing with each other and feeding right. off of each other's energy. So a lot of times I don't even like now performing in front of people, I can tune out the crowd and just focus on like what we're doing. Um, and then I'll check in like, oh, there's people out, <laughs> you know, we're not just in my room. <laughs> That's interesting. And I'm sure there's different bands and artists and stuff that handle it differently i feel like 
if I was doing it, if I, if I was an artist in a live show, like the, the, the not having that feedback from the crowd would be odd to me anyway, personally, like that would seem like it would be a fun, <laughs> aspect of it. but, but I also, I, as I say that though, you also like a lot of the bands that I think of tend to be larger bands. You're talking about a lot, a lot larger crowds, right? So if you're going yeah. from someone who did stadium shows to doing shows just as a live stream, that's, that's, you know, that's probably be very... a, a huge difference <laughs> in, in feel and stuff. If you're doing, if you're a local band that might have 20 people or 30 people or five people show up to in a, an event, um, going to the live stream probably isn't as dramatic of a change necessarily. Yeah. Um, and it, it was just a good, it was a good change, uh, for me personally, cause I was just like, all right, we're, it's like a regular rehearsal day. Yeah. So I could close my well, eyes. So and... For someone that, for someone that has that nerves about performing yeah. <laughs> and, and in changing to going from, Oh, I get to be a bassist that can kind of stand in the back and be out of the spotlight. I'm sure that like say that, that there's definitely a welcomeness there of like, okay, now I've got a, now I've got to speak and sing and do all this stuff in front of people. Well, I can just pretend that they're not here because I can't see them through the camera. So it works out well that they're not here. Yes. For me, that worked out very well. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. So um, what are some of the best ways? So, I mean, for you personally, uh, the best ways to kind of either, uh, if they have people have questions about your band, your art, um, or, uh, questions about the Austin School of Music, what are kind of the best ways to get in touch? Um, so for Austin School of Music, we have a website with a contact page. Um, we do have social media on Facebook and Instagram and a TikTok. Uh, so you can find us on any of those, any of those uh, pages at Austin School of Music. Um, all one word. And for my, my art, um, I'm art by Jasmine Jew on Instagram. And my band is Tarantula Mountain. Right. So uh, we've, we've got videos and um, social media and everything, stuff on nice. streaming. Do you, do you have any, you guys have any performances coming up soon? Uh, we're playing next. It's one of my favorite bands in town and uh, a couple other bands. And so that that kind of cut out for just a minute there. So if you could repeat that, that would be awesome. Sure. Um, my band is playing at Valhalla Tavern um, down on Red River next okay. Saturday. And uh, we're playing with Day Eater, which is one of my favorite Austin bands. Um, and I can't remember. I think Queen Jane and Elegy are okay. the other bands on the bill. So a little Red River district action. Yeah. Very nice. Cool. Well, uh, Jasmine, I really appreciate you taking the time to jump on the Austin Spotlight with me and share a little bit about you and your music uh, passion, and then also kind of about the Austin School of Music because I think there's uh, it's a it's a very cool Austin thing. And for like as much as it's awesome, the growth and everything that's happening that happens in Austin, it also does kind of take away some of the history sometimes too. And so to have a, a school like this, that's been around for that long and has a lot of awesome things going uh, that it does for the community is really cool. Thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about my school. I'm very proud of it. And uh, with that growth and everything, uh, with the growth of the town, um, 
Our school is actually relocating from our current south location to a little further south down Manchac. And um, we're excited for that change. You know, we'll have a, we have a cool spot picked out. We're gonna keep our, our full recording studio and all our camps and classes in a, in a brand new building. So awesome. really excited about that. Uh, that'll be fun. When will, that, when, you, when will you guys make that move? We will be making that move uh, here in the next six months or so. So okay. yeah, very cool. soon. Hope hope that goes very smoothly.